Hi, Carla. That's what we call you, listener. What does it mean to be a good mom in today's culture? It seems like moms are the people who nag the teachers, the coaches, and the doctors until they obey our orders. Where's that line between having a good support system and forcing others to raise our children instead of us? Let's jump into it. Nanny Marla. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so there's rolling pins being waved about and <laughs> a very sleepy one-year-old sitting on a mama's lap. He's almost two, but oh, yeah. he's still sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> sleepy being the uh, important part. Emphasized word. He might Why be is this? sick. I guess I need to point it up toward my mouth a little more. There. Are we going to introduce ourselves? I'm Amanda. You should redo that. You never sound like that. I guess that I'm the life. only one who's going to do it then. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Tabby here. <laughs> I'm Amanda. Marla. I'm Megan. There you go. This is Simon. You can't see him. And we're the four sisters. We should have a hand clap. <laughs> a jive or something. Some sort. Oh, you just upset the sleepy boy. He's teething. It is raining outside. The number of podcast episodes Ugh. where rain is involved are many. Yeah, that's probably. a callback. It feels almost natural, right? You know, I have a bone to pick with the people who make children's umbrellas. Ooh, tell <laughs> I had no idea where you were going with that. <laughs> I do because my children really like their umbrellas and their cute little characters and stuff on them. But they make them so fragile. Like, have have we not the technology to make an unbreakable umbrella? Okay. Hmm. I First of all, they do have really industrial strength umbrellas. I know because I saw a diver jump off of the high dive with one to test it. Ooh. Wow. Anyway. So I have to Google industrial strength umbrellas for no, my child? I actually think they call them unbreakable umbrellas. Are those the ones that flip upward instead of downward? You're very far away from your microphone. Oh. Are, the one, are those the ones that flip upward instead of the ones that are down? They don't even flip at all if you... Oh. Yeah. I mean, like it's like hurricane strength winds or, wow. or they won't flip at all. I don't know how it works. It's, it's voodoo magic. You need a lot of storage space. They're always open. They're very, very big. But that was what I was going to say. We can make a case that rather than having smaller umbrellas for smaller children, that they should actually have the larger umbrellas, like area-wise, hmm. because they're the ones who are moving the most and most, they're the worst about holding the umbrella upright while they're trying to walk through the rain. Okay, sure. yeah, but then there's like, if they get it behind them and the wind is really going, they will just float off like Mary Poppins. There's off. not a lot of weight to them. I don't know. <laughs> Whose bougie kids have umbrellas? We maybe have one-ish oh, umbrellas to our name. Because, Marla, your kids do not have Grandma Teresa as one of their grandparents. Uh, Grandma loves to buy umbrellas for the kids. She's got, like, three umbrellas things. Umbrellas and swimsuits. She likes peppermint things. Yes. She likes swimsuits. And, and she likes shoes. umbrellas. And shoes. 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 And, and umbrellas. And there umbrellas. is a swimsuit and in towels. my... Uh, my mailbox right now from Bubble Tea from we Grandma. Love Grandma Teresa. <laughs> she also will uh, sew them dresses, but that's not quite the right. It's not quite the obsession. She doesn't buy dresses at Goodwill as much because she makes them with her own little sewing machine. That's and they're adorable. Well, it's not a little sewing machine. It's it's an amazing sewing machine. It's Carla, if you industrial. Sew, you would be jealous. <laughs> um, but the dresses are amazing. They're, yeah. She's already like picking out the pattern and stuff for the Christmas dresses. 
And when you look that cute, you need an umbrella. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. It's, I don't know why, but they get out in the summer mostly. Not even rainy weather. It's like to use like a little parasail. You know what your mm. next book should be? It should be in the style of to give a mouse a cookie, but when you give a grandma... A credit card. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I meant like when you give a your fabric. when you give your grandkid an umbrella or something oh, like yeah. that, and go through her process of like, and then of course you have to make them a dress. When you give a grandma a sewing machine, <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, that would be so that cute. Would be cute. And oh, dedicate boy. it to your. your we mom. are real flighty and distractible today. I don't know if that needs to be said or if everybody's just deduced that at this point, but. <laughs> this is how it is. It's raining outside and it's raining in our minds. <laughs> it's hard to catch a thought. When it's if chaotic. only we had an unbreakable umbrella. Catch a thought. Uh, so what were you going to talk about? Put it in your pocket. Actually, so, the topic. Okay, I wrote a thing. So maybe this will help keep us on track. Mm. I wrote a thing and posted it on MeWe, I think. But I did post it on Gab for sure because that's where I'm reading it right now. And here's what I wrote. And I got some, I got some feedback. Like, people seem to agree. I said, in the West, being a good parent and specifically a good mother has come to mean henpecking the, quote, professionals until they raise your kids to your liking, (laughs) right? So nag the teachers for not following the education plan, nag the coaches for being too rough, nag the doctors until they increase the dose or add a new medicine to the regimen, nag the spouse or ex-spouse for throwing off your meticulous routine every time you've got the kids. We think the child's life is perfect when everyone else is following our orders precisely, but things start to fall apart when the world fails to march and beat to our drum. So um, do you think, do you agree with me that there's sort of this like nagging, bossing, controlling element to what has become known as being a good mom? Yeah, but I would say that it goes even deeper than that. I think the reason that's happened is because we want to decide if we're good mothers based a lot on how our children are reacting. So what tends to happen is we have some pretty good confidence in what we're doing or maybe what a teacher is doing or a coach is doing until the kid has a bad day and they act out in class. Well, then it's, oh no, my kid acted out in class. Maybe everything I'm doing is wrong. Well, maybe it's not me, it's that teacher. We need to get him a a personalized plan to make sure this never happens again. Or my kid would never do that. (laughs) Yeah, my kid They were clearly provoked. (laughs) They poked the bear. Well, I I think that thought comes after. I think first it's some anxiety and panic because our kids aren't robots and they have bad days, even if what you're doing is right. And so if they have a bad day, right. So if they have a bad day at school, all of a sudden it's quick. We need a plan because they had a bad day. So this obviously isn't working. So then they follow this plan. Well, they have another bad day because they're not robots. And now it's, well, the teacher didn't follow the plan right. If they followed the plan right, this obviously wouldn't have happened. Or maybe it's not the teacher because we fixed the teacher. Maybe it's the coach or maybe it's they need medicine. Or I think a lot of it stems from trying to actually fix our children's quote-unquote negative behavior. Sure, sure. But I also want to talk about, like, I think that that moms are bored at home without any without kids to raise, basically, because they've sent them away to an institution mm. somewhere to be taught by others, and they just can't let go because they're not supposed to let go. Like, they, God gave them these children in order to help raise them, to raise them. Um, but instead of raising them, they've sent them away for like hours and hours and hours a day. And so while they're gone, it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? 
I probably better call the school and email the teacher and make a doctor's appointment and all this other stuff because I have things I need to be doing. I feel like I should be doing something to raise these children. It's like the idle hands. You're making an assumption that they're just sitting around at home too. Like no, I, I'm I, making the assumption they're calling doctors and teachers and driving everyone crazy. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But <laughs> they I, could I'm do it from that. work. I don't think they're. Yes, I was gonna say. I if they really are busy, actually, like if they if they have to work for whatever reason, um, I think a lot of it is just trying to keep the machine that they have built themselves <laughs> oiled and running as efficiently as possible. And when there's a cog in it or the child, it's not a machine. It's not a formula, like Tabby said. Um, their lovely machine gets broken. They don't have the time to deal with it. So it must be somebody else's fault. I don't think being away from home themselves, if they are at work, here's an assumption. But I think that those moms usually are worse about it because they also have guilt from the fact that they are at work. And maybe I'm entirely wrong. I'm sure there's somebody out there who's going to seethe. But I think most of the time they're unhappy at work. I don't think that they actually want to be there either. I think that they would... So they start, they start nitpicking things about their child because they're still bored even at work. Because let's face it, most jobs in this society do not fulfill. They are meaningless and repetitive and motherhood being one of them, a little bit boring. I was going to say, no matter where they are, they're going to be a little bit bored. So that's right. one of the things we were talking about before we started recording was the parallel between what women are doing now with their kids, which is like an average middle-class way of parenting now right. and how like the aristocracy of the old European, you know, world and used American. to be. And yeah. And Southern American, like Southern rich plantation owners, like they were right. known for basically the mom would get pregnant hide the pregnancy as much as they could the whole time, have a baby. And then they would just like visit their kids every now and then, you know, every now and then they would pass them in the hallway while the nanny was on their way to the park, you know, or something like that. And we don't think of ourselves as being similar, but I think there are some similarities to the, the, that way of hiring like a, hiring a troop of people to care for your kids instead of doing it yourself. They would have cooks, they would have um they would have nannies, they would have a maid, they would have um chauffeurs, a you butler. know, things like that. What's the difference between that and the Goodness, it takes a village? Cuz we are more of a takes a village. We type. are a village. Yeah. <laughs> I talked about this. Wait, Wait, it wasn't on the recording. I know that's the problem. Oh, is was, that while Mandy was, I was, eating, I was eating, while Mandy was still <laughs> farting around with the honk noise. That's why I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing. Oh, do you want to hear the the fart noise? No, no the hard, the honk noise. Sorry, it was on the last podcast. This is the new uh, sound effect on our soundboard, thanks to our dad, the comedian next door podcast. <laughs> Can you hear it? Yes. You guys aren't even wearing headphones and you can still hear it. I can hear it right here. Um, I talked about this. I said, despite how it sounds about the aristocracy, I'm actually okay with this. If the mentality is going to be of a family or village mentality, if you're going to bring somebody into your house to raise your kids or do the cooking or do the cleaning or whatever, and your idea is that we are a family now, even if they're being paid, then I can be okay with that. If it's going to be a very long term, we're in this for life. Even if we move away, we're still family kind of thing. Then I think that the child can still thrive in that environment because it becomes a community and no longer just a, well, 
the nanny did something I didn't like. And so we'll just get a new nanny. And there's a stream of nannies coming in all the time. Or the more prone one was governesses, the teachers. Right. The teachers would do something they didn't like or they didn't think their kid was advancing enough or whatever. And they would just get a new governess like every six months. And maybe this is just because I read a lot of fiction novels (laughs) (laughs) and they never lie. But that's like a plot point in a lot of these historical fiction is. Right. And that's what we're doing in, the, in America. Certainly. It's like, oh, the tutor isn't following the plan like I wanted him or her to do. So we have to get a new one or this doctor. My goodness, we change doctors every other month, it seems like. Or some some ladies do because this doctor is pro-vaccine or they're anti-vaccine or this doctor doesn't support my breastfeeding journey or we change husbands that's true (laughs) this husband doesn't support me or my children we have a plug and play life where if there's one plug in there that is just not working for us we can put something else in it right right and i do think it's interesting this idea of the difference between paying somebody and not because that's kind of what people are doing now they're trying to turn like free government services into their extended family or their community or their it's it's socialism is what it is it's like well not only should i have somebody who's feeding my kid during the day and who's helping my kid learn math during the day and teaching my kid how to read but also i shouldn't have to pay for that like at least the southern bells from their own money or from daddy's money whatever at least from family money they were they were paying these employees you know of theirs mm-hmm. and we're not even doing that now we expect it to just be given to us by the government and and social services and i think that's kind of an interesting an interesting aspect of it too maybe for the reason that tabby said because it's even less like family now when you're not even invested you're not invested emotionally you're not even invested financially i mean you're literally just going down the list of who's next who wants to apply for this job now come and fill this need that i've determined we have i'm not going to do it myself i'm not going to teach my kid anything myself i'm just going to keep going through other professionals over and over and over again until i get some sort of result that i think is good I don't know. Well, doesn't it go back to to the f- whole fact that like women are are being told by the media, especially that we are unqualified. We are unqualified to teach our children. We are unqualified to um, get them the mental health they need. Uh, we're unqualified in, in raising them. We can pop them out and they send them home after like what one night, two nights in a hospital. But then once they reach a certain age, we are now unqualified. Yeah. Who's who's responsible for that message? Like, who do we think is actually pushing that narrative? Capitalism. <laughs> what? Probably. What are you talking I, about? I mean, I would say maybe feminism. <laughs> Probably feminism. So, like, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't decided how I feel about all this. <laughs> I'm just kind of sitting here quietly listening because I'm like, I don't know. I think it's a collective thing. I know I'm very far away, but Simon was crying. Um, I think feminism partly because they wanted to get out of the home. So they had to say, well, you're not actually qualified. Don't feel guilty that you're not at home. You're not actually what's best for your kid anyways. These experts are, not you. Um, So that way they could go and be free to work in the workforce. I think that businesses thrive on this because they can sell you things then. If you you aren't the expert on your kids, well, who is? Well, the sleep sack company is. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, all these tutoring services, they're the ones that really know, pay for them. Like, mother Others are the biggest consumers of products. Yeah, in America. that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. What do you do? I mean, I guess me personally, 
I don't mind, you know, if I can't find a family member, maybe, who knows algebra well enough to help my child, and I don't, I guess I'm okay with having a tutor help them learn. Like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that either. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call that the same. The algebra tutor is not replacing you as the mother. Yeah, that's fair. So there's there's definitely a line. You also wouldn't come to the algebra teacher if your kid was still struggling with algebra and be like, well, this is how you should do it. Yes. Teach them like this. That's it's like, true. well, okay, Marla, then do it. Like, yeah, that's do true. it. <laughs> the most frustrating that I can understand, thing yeah. in design and graphic design, um, this is why I never went freelance, is that most people will give you really terrible, terrible, like, this is what I want. Or I'll know it when I see it. And then it's like, they might as well just take the pen in your hand and like move your hand around the page. Yeah. And then, I mean, they just want you to kind of like do the software for them. Yep. And it's like, they don't actually want your, your advice. They don't want your expertise. They don't want you to actually do any of the job. They just don't want to learn the program. So they want to tell you where to click. That's actually how dad got his logo for comedians next door is he was doing some mock-ups and I, being the horrible person I am, was like, I hate these. And so I was like, I'm going to try one. And I got on and I farted around with it and I sent it back. And dad posted it up and it ended up being the one that they picked. And I was like, there we go. That way I felt like I could critique you. But I wasn't just telling you all the things I hated and said, go forth and go figure it out. But do it my way. I was like, oh, but I'll, I'll try it. I'll do it myself and see if it's any better. And I also texted him and said, this is hard. <laughs> I have no problem when somebody does that. Like that's, that's not a problem. Right. And I, I should mention, you know, my kids do swim class. Um, we've talked before about theater and, you know, they have directors and, and I guess a swim coach for those types of activities. They go to Sunday school class. I do teach some of their classes, but not all of them. And so, yeah. And then we also do our homeschool co-op two Mondays a month. Now they just started last two weeks ago. And so, yeah, during that three hour block of time, somebody else is teaching all four of my kids, you know, three different classes. I think it would be a, a disservice. Oh, oh hello, Caden. <laughs> He's behind me. I think it would be a disservice to our kids if we were the only teachers. Right. The reason it's beneficial for our kids to have different teachers, though, is because they're different people. So whether it's they go to swim class or they go to Sunday school or they go to a preschool, yeah. the benefit to your kids is they're learning from different personalities, different types of teaching styles. Uh, not everybody is supposed to be like you. And so when you insert yourself and say, obviously I do it the right way, I'm not going to do it myself, but you right. all need to be exactly like me. That's the problem. It's yep. not that sending your kid to another person is the issue. No, no, you, you probably should in some instances, right. but let that person teach. teach like they teach. Yeah. And recognize why you're making that decision. Because like you say, Tabby, if you want to introduce your kids to other personalities, you want them to get used to other styles of teaching. That's all good. You know, God gave us our children so that we could make decisions like that for their good. And if we determine because we are in authority over them that that is a good choice, then yeah, we should intentionally find other people who can teach them some things. But but yeah, this oh, like we are invaded by children. Emery's picking up Simon. There's a lot of cuteness aggression happening in this household today. It's the rain. Like honestly, it brings out they just love each other so much harder and so much rougher when it's raining outside. And he was laughing 
But obviously anybody who has ever worked with children for more than 10 minutes knows we were about 30 seconds away from a tragedy. Yeah. yeah. He loved it right now. They're like cats. Pet me. Pet me. Shame Don't touch me. And they bite. Yeah. They turn and bite Okay. I have, I have a question, and I feel like Carla might be wanting me to ask this. Sure. I feel it from the divine, y'all. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for tele- telepathizing. Tele- yes. But what's the verb there? Thanks for sending that message via telepathy, Carla. <laughs> I feel my fingers tingling. <laughs> I don't know why my fingers would be, but what's your question? <laughs> you wanted an ASMR video, right? Like where I can. Is that coming through? Yeah, it is. I can hear it. Okay, that was my tingling fingers for you, Carla. <laughs> Sorry, Taffy. <laughs> All right, my question from Carla is what do you do when you have sent off your child? Say we went to homeschool helpers and you found out there's some things happening in that classroom that you do disagree with mm-hmm. outrightly, like there's a, a moral grievance or whatnot, what should Carla do? I would kind of have to get more details about like what kind of moral grievance. Like for example, there's that school that we talked about in Anderson, which is just 40 minutes away from us, where the yeah. kindergarten teacher is now teaching her class of five-year-olds that she is neither Mr. nor Miss. She's not a boy or a girl, she's I'll Miss. Marla's gonna go find out what the screaming is about around the corner. Um, so that would be an example of something that I do not support. You cannot teach my impressionable five-year-old that you are neither male nor female. But in that case, why did I send them to that class in the first place? Like, I would think that anything that was morally grievous enough that you would need to yank them out should have been something you were aware of in advance. Um, or like maybe give, I'll give an, another example. If I get my kids involved with theater, there's about... There's about a 100 million percent chance (laughs) that eventually they're going to meet a gay guy, you know, some man probably, who identifies as openly and proudly gay. So if I choose to send them into the civic theater rather than, you know, sticking to just the Christian spheres on purpose, it's because I've chosen, like Tabby said, to expose them to things that I know are out there in the world so that they will know and we can start to prepare them. So I wouldn't yank them out, even if that I find out that guy is saying things like, well, it doesn't matter who you love. You know, that would be an opportunity for us to have mm-hmm. that conversation with my kids and be like, mm-hmm. nope, that's not a very fair way to define love or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's a maturity level, too, that you're assessing with your in, right. in your child. But again, I would make the decision ahead of time, like before As we even tried mom. out, I would know. As the mom, she would make a decision for her kids' well-being Yeah, about who is going to teach and what they might possibly be teaching and then decide, oh yeah, that's something I can have a conversation with my kids right. about, or no, we'll wait, or no, we won't ever. Right, but if your kid, so if for example, again, uh, this is better with examples, you know, coming with a case-by-case mentality. If your example is, I've been sending my kids to public school their whole lives, you know, I've got, I've got a 10th grader and I've got an eighth grader and I've got a fourth grader. It's like, okay, things are only getting worse take them out, take them out that you cannot, you and your other mom friends cannot redeem this system that itself is the problem where, you know, you guys, you think that by more activism or more advocacy that we're going to fix the fact that, that public school, the system itself is meant to be godless and, and it's a state institution. We talked about this in our homeschooling episode a little bit. Just in that case, I would recommend remove them, take them out, stop trying to mom them from a distance, you know, parenting them while also 
giving them up or putting them in the jurisdiction of somebody else because you're trying to co-parent with the state. And it's right. that's the whole issue. Mm-hmm. I am, Please don't be married to the state. Yeah. I am more comfortable with the idea of putting my kids in civic theater or swim lessons with a, with with a secular a, coach. With a secular yeah. coach because I know it's actually inverse of what normally happens. They're with me Most all day, every day, and they're right. with you for an hour. You're not really going to influence them all that much unless right. it's how to blow bubbles in the water. Correct. Like, yeah. Big That's- difference between spending eight hours every single day plus sports on the weekends and only sit, you know, having family dinner for an hour at <laughs> night with your kids. Like the, the influence or the, the percentage of time spent with each kid each day is flipped, like Tabby yeah. said, where... If the vast majority of the time they're being immersed in secularism and godlessness, then yeah, you got to take a look at that. Like, what are you really trying to do fighting this uphill battle, trying to get other people to parent the way that you would if you were doing the parenting yourself 90% of the time, you know, or most of the time? Yeah. So... Does that, do you still feel a little conflicted, Marla, or is it making No, more I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think it helps Carla too, because I'm sure that there are. Ah! Tabby's phone is ringing. <laughs> there are probably day. several listeners out there who, I mean, I don't expect everyone who listens to be, to, ha- to be homeschooling or sure. to have their kids at home. I suspect that several of them have kids in school, you know, maybe have jobs, maybe work from home. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know if that Margo said, I poo poo. (laughs) Megan is needed. We are in full force. Literal wiping butts. Actually wiping butts. But I would say because you know, the if somebody is listening who um you know feels some type of way about this conversation, I mean one, I'll say that Caden's in preschool. He's in there two days a week now for mm-hmm. from nine to eleven thirty. Two a days a week. Preschool. It's a church preschool. <laughs> Private church preschool. I have the the person who there. runs it. Direct phone number. I have specifically texted her and asked her certain questions to make sure that you know certain things aren't being taught. There's yeah. photos. There's things happening. So Marla, how often do you call her and say, um, this is how you're going to be interacting with Caden from yeah. now on? Never. <laughs> because I, I mean, it's like. Because yeah, she parties I'm, when she I'm drops them off. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> no. I actually work out. Finley good taste it up and I get a workout in. But anyways. Or I do laundry. But I think it's... I think like you said, sometimes it goes back to your motives too. Why are you sending your kids to school? And I would, I would say lean into whatever that feel, you know, that reasoning is. You know, is it because you don't think you can do it? Is it because you don't want to because you want to have, quote unquote, your special time? Right. I don't send Caden to preschool so I can get a workout in. If I needed to do, to do that, we would have a YMCA membership and he could just hang right. out for an hour there. Right. I do it because I feel like he needs it. He needs that integration with other kids. I do want him to learn um, to respect other adults that yeah. aren't the three of us or four of us sitting here. Like, I want him to learn those things. And I'm actually at a point now where I'm like, how far are we going to go with this before I start taking this on? And I'm like, I'm kind of trying to figure that out myself, I guess. I think this, you know, was inspired, this post that I wrote was inspired by having conversations with other women that I agree with. Mm -hmm. And that, and so I want to be careful with how I say this next part, because I don't want to isolate anybody or offend people that I consider allies and friends. But there's a group on Facebook that I won't name, but Marla and I are both 
uh, members of, it just prop, popped up recently mm-hmm. in lieu of all the issues going on in public school. There are mm-hmm. a lot of moms and dads too mm-hmm. who are yeah. really upset about what's going on. And they're like, we need to do something. And I respect that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they are correct in all of the things that they're like, you know, this is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I agree with yeah. all of that. Yeah. But my concern is that it will become that we become these Karen types. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want us to be the ones who are always like, can I please speak to the manager? Because I don't want to be the manager at the restaurant. I just want to talk to all the managers in all of these places to get them to be on my agenda, you know, to get them to do things to my liking. I'm not going to stay home and make my own sandwich. I'm just going to go over to Burger King and make Mm -hmm. sure they make my sandwich the way I expect them to. Yeah. Um, And and it's a fine line. And again, I don't think that, I'm not saying that anybody in particular has crossed this line. I just think I have seen those who have crossed Mm -hmm. it and I don't want to become the person who also goes there where I'm more of a complainer, more of a nagger, more of a finger wagger. Yeah. Then a person who's like, I will do this because I, I so firmly believe that this is the right way to do it, that I'm willing to invest my own time and my own resources rather than just thinking I'm doing something. I'm being this activist who's changing the world because mm-hmm. I'm on the phone all the time, annoying all the quote professionals. Right. What's neat about this particular group is that a lot of, and it's, it's actually really neat because it isn't just moms. It is, yeah. it is men who are being men. In a good way, they should be stepping up and and doing something. Some of them plan on running for the board yeah, next the year. Board, There's yeah. going to be positions opening up. Um, one person's talking about a lawsuit at this point because yeah. they just feel like that's the level, and that may be the level that this type of thing needs to get to right. for the school to. Because re- I think in situations like these. Can we agree that the school's overstepping? Yeah, they're dealing with like illicit material in the school libraries, like bordering on pornography. They don't agree with the type of sex education that's being taught. There's examples of like the teacher who's, who's quote, gender Mm non-binary. And then also mask mandates is another big thing that's being fought right now where parents want to have the choice. They want to decide how to send their kid to school Mm -hmm. with or without a mask. And they don't want the board slash governor slash whoever superintendent to Mm -hmm. be able to rule and make those decisions instead of yeah. them as parents. So, yeah. so yeah, I am really sympathetic to all of yeah. that. I totally agree with parents' choice. Yeah. But I do wonder, at what point do we say, I believe in my choice so much that I'm going to take over and yeah. do it myself instead of yeah. trying to lobby and mm-hmm. and argue and make these laws and, and lawsuits right. to try to get other people to do what I already know how I want done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And yeah. could do a better job with. Yeah. And it's been interesting because a lot of people, this has been the hard line for a lot of people. There's a lot who have said, I pulled my kids out yesterday. Who can I, who can I emerge myself in? What groups can I emerge myself in and my family in? So we stay the course of doing this homeschooling thing. Right. Um, which I admire because right, that's you the need village. support. Right. That's you the village need, you're talking about. Because it is not easy to be home. And it's honestly like a muscle, like you're literally building a muscle every day when you're home with your kids every day. And it will take time. You're very weak right now. You know, you're very weak. You've been, you're not even lifting any weights right now. You haven't ran in 23 years, you know, and, and all of a sudden your kids are home. And I think that's what, it was such a struggle during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Because kids were home. It was, it was very much co-parenting with 
teachers state, yeah. at home. It was a terrible representation of what homeschooling's really like. I saw, I couldn't even tell you how many posts I saw. Oh, if this anything, is this, this is anything like what yeah. homeschools, it's I'll like, no, never it, do it. It's, it's actually like, nothing. It, yeah. It's literally <laughs> you nothing. You literally got the worst end of the stick. You have a very bad example of, of what it actually looks like. But be, I'm saying that because it, you, it just takes time to get used to this right. abrupt change. It's hard for your children. They're, they go from a classroom of, sometimes 30 to, you you know, you one-on-one. But, you know, it's It's doable. It's it's challenging, but it's doable because for centuries before public school existed, this is what was happening. Or you were in a one-room schoolhouse where it was like five and Mm 18-year-old, you know, however old, 15 or 16. That's why I liked Tavi's analogy. Which is kind of cool. About the, the fact that there have always been these aristocrats or people mm-hmm. who were higher, you know, elites who could afford mm-hmm. to pay their village. And yeah, I'm not necessarily saying I have a problem with all of these different ways you could potentially come up with solutions mm-hmm. for your family and for your kids. But I do want to have that mental picture in our mind of, am I this Southern Belle woman who has never actually spent more than an hour with my own kids <laughs> in a week, yeah. who's still going to nag mm-hmm. the, you know, the school attendant or who's going to nag the nanny who's going to nag the cook because oh it's too salty again or whatever and it's like you've never picked up a spoon right. you know you've <laughs> well, never done and it at that point it's like do you really know what's best for your children right <laughs> if you're not with them all the time how do you know that this teacher right. doesn't know what's best for your kid right meanwhile on the other side of things if you've got a woman who realizes i have been outsourcing my parenting and i don't want to do that anymore but i also feel like a rank amateur and mm-hmm. I don't know if I if I'm comfortable with this it's hard and right. I don't know what to do if she comes in humility to mm-hmm. the nanny or the other experts mm-hmm. you know I usually put professionals in quotes but like you're saying there may be some legitimate circumstances where somebody knows more about your own kids than you do for whatever mm-hmm. reason if they come in humility and say help me please I'm willing to learn but yeah. I want to take more responsibility for what's mine yeah. I want to take more responsibility for what God has given me then I can work with that. Like, I don't know anybody, any yeah. teacher, any doctor, anybody who would be like, no, like I, I've got it covered. <laughs> I totally respect that, you know, that sense of I want to do more and I mm-hmm. want to be the best parent that I can be, but I don't want to be a nag and I yeah. don't want to be controlling and I want to recognize what I don't know so that I can fix that. Yeah. And anything in the world if you approach anything if their first words are i don't really know what i'm doing but i'd like to get this accomplished i guarantee Simon her tabby honey cheese Mama, one minute if you if cheese. your first words are i don't really know what i'm doing but i want to get xyz accomplished i guarantee you you will probably get that thing accomplished people yeah. will be, uh, literally be like oh well i can help yeah, yeah. like especially here in america we like to help no shade for that i'm gonna start playing our outro because <laughs> i have to go get cheese because oh, simon bye. needs cheese by golly why can't i find it here we go so yeah, hopefully we didn't upset anybody too much. Yeah, I mean, I would say send send questions for sisters one savior at gmail.com. Yep. Numerals. Yep. It'll be linked in the description too. We'll how you can you. reach us. We'll see you next time, Carla. Bye. Bye, Carla. Thank you for joining us for Just Because I Love You Day. You can also find us on MeWe in the group Four Sisters Birth and Motherhood Counseling and on Instagram, Four Sisters One Savior. Those are numerals. We also have an email account, Four Sisters One Savior at gmail.com, and those are also numerals, not words. Four Sisters 
one savior. See you next time.